Welcome to the Everyday Vacation Podcast. My name is MJ Gordon, minimalist entrepreneur and lifestyle coach, and I'll be sharing with you resources, people, and messages to help you create more balance and energy so you can live life on your terms. Thank you for being here with me today. Let's get the vacation vibes rolling. So today we have a really fun guest that I'm excited to introduce you to. She originally reached out to me to connect via podcast on topics of adrenal fatigue and health. Being a like-minded entrepreneur who overcame adrenal fatigue herself, I felt an immediate connection. Her calm, supportive energy alongside her firsthand accounts of wisdom throughout the process of elevating oneself, mastering health and balance made me more than excited to have her here on the show. Her podcast, The Balance Theory, creates conversations and inspires others in a real, raw, and authentic way to redefine your own balance and take control of your own time. Friends, please help me welcome Erica Pellegrin. Well, thanks so much for being here, Erica. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Can you um, maybe just start us off by telling us who you are and what you're about? Absolutely. Thank you for having me, MJ. I'm excited to be here. Um, so my name is Erica. I'm the host of the Balance Theory podcast, which is a little passion project that I founded somewhere mid lockdown in 2020 um, and basically is on a mission to just challenge the way people look at life balance. I think for a lot of people like you and I and probably most of your listeners, they're quite busy people who find sometimes they have to compromise on their priorities to tick all the boxes. And I think sometimes that comes down to the way we're told to look at balance or the way we, I guess, linearly look at balance. So my aim with the podcast and the way it's sort of evolving and expanding now is to really just challenge people to own their own definition. And I think that's such an invaluable skill because as life goes on, you um, need different levels of balance in your life and what your priorities are completely changed too. So that's the podcast. I'm also the co-founder of an e-commerce brand called ES Fit, which is an Australian fitness accessory brand. So I'm running that um, from afar. I've just recently moved to Dubai from Sydney, where I was a corporate lawyer. And then I think just off the back of COVID, um, I know as we spoke last week, I was telling you a little bit about how it sort of just expanded my, um, I suppose, my mindset in terms of what I wanted to achieve out of life and what I want to maybe experience before I start having a family. And so that's the road that's led me here to Dubai. And I've now left corporate and I'm doing the podcast and ES Fit. I love it. And, you know, one of the things that I just really connected with about you was your story of uh, dealing with adrenal fatigue and actually recovering from it. You know, I was actually on Erica's podcast last week. And so if you all haven't you know, check that out. You're gonna have to check that out because we talked extensively about adrenal fatigue and overcoming that. But I was really interested in hearing your story of how you got to fatigue. You know, what, what was like, what was your personality, your kind of life cycle and that, you know, at that time period, and then how, you know, bring us forward to where you're at now. Absolutely. And just for a little bit of context for everyone listening, I actually um, found MJ in a moment where I was experiencing adrenal fatigue and I was looking for answers. And so um, the universe gave her to me through YouTube, I like to say, Um, but how I actually got to adrenal fatigue. So at the time, as I mentioned, um, I did start the podcast about two years ago. And so that's been weekly episodes ever since. Uh, I did have the e-commerce business going as well whilst I was working as a full-time lawyer. And so, as you can imagine, I was quite busy um, 
I really enjoyed that kind of lifestyle where I had a lot of momentum, you know, I was hustling on the side and I still was able to make time for family, friends, exercise every day, meditate, eat well, tick, 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 you know, all the boxes (laughs) were green. Um, I considered myself to be like a high performer and everything was rolling forward. Then come mid 2021, that's kind of when Sydney in Australia, we had kind of the brunt of the lockdown laws. And there was about a five, six month period where it was quite intense, where there were no social events. Um, Everyone was stuck at home basically. And my, I guess, go, go, go personality was like, great. That's basically removing heaps of distractions for me. I'm just going to go harder. Like this is an opportunity and time for me to really just drill down into my passions and and perfect what I'm doing and just maximize my time. Um, And so that's what I did. I, you know, didn't, I'm quite a social person and without the obligation, I suppose, of all these social things and without the need of not having to say no to people, I just had so much extra time. And so I really poured that into my passions. And to be honest with you at the time, I felt like I was thriving. I was so, um, you know, in the zone, I had a lot of momentum and because I didn't have all these external things to do, you know, I wasn't wasting time commuting to the gym or commuting into an office or going out on the weekends or going out for dinners or having people over, I felt like I still um, on some level felt balanced just because, you know, I felt like it cancelled each other out. Even though I was doing more worky stuff, um, I didn't have all those external commitments. So long story short, as we rolled out of lockdown, I basically hit probably the most extreme burnout I've ever experienced in my life. Um, I was admittedly I had quite good sleep at the time like I've always been quite precious of my sleep I'm, I'm that friend that when it hits 1am and we're out it's like my max because I need like my eight seven eight hours sleep so that was never really an issue for me but I was waking up feeling exhausted which was a little strange I mean you know sometimes you go through moments in life where you have a day or two here or there where you've had a bit of a restless sleep but this was quite consistent um I've also never really had any issues with my skin, fortunately, but I experienced just complete breakout on my skin, which was also strange. Um, I think the biggest thing for me as well was complete lack of energy and motivation. It was almost like everything that I love doing, the podcast, exercising, just felt like such an effort Mm -hmm. and such a big um, strain. Like it was such a big ask for me to just do it, which was really strange. Um, so I had all these red flags and I really didn't feel like myself. And it was also a very, very confusing moment for me because I thought, well, we've just come out of lockdown and I was really excited to get back out and start going to the gym and start mingling with people again. And I just felt like I couldn't do any of it. And it was really frustrating. Um, particularly, you know, as a high performer and a very social person feeling like I just had all this time off. That's kind of the narrative I had told myself. I just had all this time off. And now that I was ready, you know, everything was reopening and everyone was getting ready to reemerge. I almost just did not have the energy to, to go through with that. And so um, I've never really been a complacent type of person to think that, you know, this will just, I'll shrug this off and this will pass. So I went and got a blood test with my local GP and he came back and he said, oh, everything's fine. Like everything's in the levels you know, everything's online. I know we had a, a chat about it on, on our podcast. It's so as well. common though. Everybody goes to the GP and it just comes back and you're normal. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. But there was something within me and I just thought, you know what, 
even if on paper I'm fine, like I know, I know I'm not fine. Like I'm experiencing these three things, like my skin exhaustion and lack of motivation, which is so strange for me. I'm not kind of going to stop the quest here. And so I'm very lucky that I have my sister-in-law who's a naturopath. And so, um, and she kind of specializes in female health as well. And so I took the results to her and as she was going through it, she, you know, before she did like a deep dive, she said, I think you might have adrenal fatigue. And so in my mind, I'm like, great, there's some sort of label to what I'm going through. I'm going to just dive in and do all the research I can on this thing. And I'm going to fix, I'm going to fix it. And she's like, you know, I'll get back to you. Let me just work out the results properly. But I'm kind of hearing what you're saying. This is what it's feeling like. And that's sort of what led me to your YouTube videos as well, which really helped me understand why I was feeling what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the video that I was quite intrigued by, or I guess the one that I listened to and really helped me out the most was the one titled exactly how I healed adrenal fatigue, no BS. Mm. Now I will admit, I clicked on that video really hoping for a quick fix as in, you know, just tell me what to do. I'll do it and I'll fix it. Right. And I was just prepared to, you know, go 120% in, <laughs> fix my energy. And as we all know, <laughs> that is not how adrenal fatigue works. So, um, <laughs> I'm not sure, I guess, if, if you want to chat a little bit now about like the roadmap out, but that was sort of my headspace, you know, high performer, very social person, feeling very, very frustrated by the position I was in and then having this moment of realisation that this was going to take some time and really just almost like hit the reset button on understanding my body and what was going on and the stress that I put it under. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing your story. And I definitely want to talk about the roadmap out. But you know, something came up when I was hearing you. I was interested in any potential emotional conflict or like what kind of emotional, not necessarily like, I'm not saying that you went depressed or whatever, but you know, what emotional things came up for you when you were feeling like you were burnt out, when you discovered that this is what, you know, this was the path that you had to take to recovery. What kind of internal experience were you having, like the conversation in your head? Because I feel like that's, that's something a lot of us don't talk about. You know, we talk about the symptoms. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think to your first kind of part of that question, like the emotional feelings of when I was actually going through it, it almost was this sense of not being good enough and that's the kind of a limiting belief that I've struggled with a lot in the past but it was really amplified by the fact that I physically and energetically could not show up the way that I wanted to now I will say I think um as women in general we're so so tough on ourselves because I was still you know doing the output I needed like on the outside and this is something you sort of alluded to before on the outside I don't think anybody would have really known the difference my output was the same if if you're having a conversation with me I probably was showing up the same but internally just felt like I just was not present I felt like my head was somewhere else and there was like just not being present like it was almost like an out-of-body experience like my physical body was just walking around doing the day-to-day things and my mind was just somewhere else it was almost like there was no connection between my soul and like my energy and my spirit and my body and I know that sounds a bit spiritual but it really just felt like a huge huge disconnect is it like Um, when you're when it is it you know like when you're sick and you kind of have to show up to work or something and you're kind of like you're there but exactly it was almost like I felt like I was just doing the bare minimum just to like exist I know that sounds a bit dramatic, but it just felt like, yeah, like it it just almost felt like just the way I was showing up, I just felt so disconnected. And 
it was almost to a point where I started to question like, well, am I just not enjoying all these things anymore? Mm. Like, do I just not like any of my friends anymore? Do I just not like, like any of my You question your hobbies? mentality, not your physical yeah. health, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So before I sort of started to put two and two together and realize what I was experiencing and educating myself, I was in that hole of, and, and I mean, I, I don't know if, if depression is anything close to that, but I would say I felt depressed in what I understand that to mean, yeah. um, you know, extremely low moods, almost like, a, I couldn't find the point in doing things yeah. and me locating my drive and my why was very foreign. It's, it's almost like that's a part of me. And it just felt like I, I wasn't even bothered looking for it. If yeah. that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, until I guess the second half of that question, like my emotional state, when I found out what was required, um, I feel like I was so committed to getting out of it. I I almost just accepted instantly that it was going to be a while. And that definitely still didn't make it any easier. Um, and, and had there been a quick fix, I would have loved that. But I think, um, in the moment, knowing how I was feeling and just accepting, okay, this is rock bottom. And every day up from here is going to be better and better. I think that just mentally really helped me come out of it. And I think for anybody listening who has experienced like prolonged burnout or even is in the midst of adrenal fatigue, I think just knowing that every day you're making those small steps and know that that's enough and know that you will get to a point where you can look back and go, wow, I actually did the work and got out of that, I think is really comforting. For me, it took probably, I think a good two months before I started to see results. And that was, um, you know, paired with a supplement regime with my working closely with my naturopath to help me rebalance out hormones. I think I was quite low in progesterone at the time. Um, diet was quite quite good and, and that's what I'm saying to you like I had so many things that were like tick tick yeah. tick but it also helped me like completely relook at my relationship with certain things like exercise specifically um, and and I remember listening to your video and I know the five things you kind of went through in your dress acronym is diet rest and relaxation exercise sleep and stress management and a lot of what you said was confirmed and kind of um, what's the word uh I can't think of my words right now. My my naturopath also kind of um, allocated that to me to work on. So for me, the main things were rest and relaxation and stress management, which as someone who likes to go, 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 you don't want to be told to rest and relax more. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was meditating every day. I thought I've got this, you know, mental health thing down pat, but it was more about the way I was doing things, my intention behind doing things. And living in Sydney as well, everything's just rush, 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 go, go, go. But it was like, just, you know, having rest doesn't necessarily mean you have to sleep more or meditate more. Like those things in and of themselves are good, definitely. And as a base minimum, I think you need those things. But for me, it came down to just my complete outlook on life and the intention I had in doing things. And I think that came back to me um, about all about being present. So when you're rushing and doing things, all I was doing was thinking ahead and I wasn't in the moment. And that I think layered on so much stress. And now I understand that prolonged stress over a long period of time, whether it be through intense exercise or not enough sleep or, you know, long hours at work with no breaks, all those things in confluence are kind of what got me to where I was. And so it wasn't about 
you know, completely change what you're doing, get a new routine, all these things. It was like, okay, the things you are doing, and this is something your video really helped me understand. It was like the things that you are doing, how can you do them with this new knowledge you've got about your body? That was kind of the essence that I took away from it, which I think has created such lifelong changes that are beneficial to any routine, whether you are experiencing adrenal fatigue or not. I think that's amazing because, you know, it's so difficult to put it into words. It's like your actions are similar. They're very similar. Mm -hmm. You know, we quite, I think the question is how do you go from something that seems so balanced and create so much imbalance within the body? And I like to remind, you know, our viewers or listeners that uh, the way we think about things affect us on a physical level. It's physiological responses. So, you know, you could think of something sad or something stressful and create this emotional, physical experience for yourself. And so when you're going around hustling to get stuff done and, and stimulating that fight or flight sympathetic nervous system, then we are constantly in a state of stress and the body never sets down. So while you can carry on and meditate, but if you have, you know, if you're goal oriented in Maya and you're sort of focused, you know, forcing the issue or focusing on something where your brain waves are just hyper stimulated, then you're not getting back to that place where your body gets to reset. And so it kind of compounds and I call it a deficit, like an energy deficit. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I appreciate you sharing that. I was curious, what was the hardest thing for you to do? Like what was the hardest thing to overcome on your road to recovery? And how did, how did you address that? I think the toughest thing um, and and off the back of kind of what we've just spoken on too is, was the mindset shift for me. So I thought, you know, I'm young. I don't have kids. I can do all these things all at the same time. And having that epiphany that I really had to change the way I was doing things and the way I was showing up in my life. And that didn't mean, you know, cancel the podcast or don't do your business or, or, you know, leave your job or, you know, get rid of 10 friends. It was more, okay, looking at your week, what are your non-negotiables? So what are the things that you need every week to feel balanced or just to feel energetically yourself and to prioritize those? Because I was very bad at saying no. I used to get a lot of FOMO and I just wanted to, I think that also came down to like a people pleasing part of myself. And so what I found and what I've understood now off the back of this process is I would prioritize things that were not non-negotiables. And that often came at the cost of things I really should have or needed to be doing for myself. Mm -hmm. So at the time, um, that was probably the hardest thing, realizing that I would have to start saying no to a lot of things to create space for that rest and relaxation, which was something I started to understand to be a non-negotiable part of sustaining myself long-term. Because if I wanted to perform and achieve all the things I was doing, I needed to find a really sustainable way to do that. And that meant, you know, everything that that you even address in that video, the the diet, the sleep, the relaxation, hey, look at exercise, all those things, you need to be addressing those on an ongoing basis. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, I needed to dive into it deeply when I was in that hole of adrenal fatigue. But I think for anybody listening, whether you've experienced it or not, looking at those things in your life and approaching them in a way of like, how can I make my life sustainable for what I want to achieve? I think that was the most profound thing I kind of came to understand, but it was very difficult for me because it meant I needed to start saying no to a lot of things. And that shift of, 
well, I'm not saying no and missing out. I'm saying no because I need to say yes to myself was probably the hardest jump I had to go through. I like that you brought that up because this is something that I have not talked about much on this channel. You know, I talk a lot about symptoms and a lot about what we do in terms of creating, you know, fatigue or overwhelm for ourselves, but, and how to get out of it. But one of the things I've been really digging into more recently is why, why are, you know, why are we predispositioned to be high achievers, to be kind of perfectionists at things, um, all to our, basically our demise, you know, what, what is this feeling of FOMO? Why does it exist? And for me, you, you said this word earlier, I think, um, I think it was this insecurity. Was that the word that you used? Uh, uh, need to like be something to do something. And at least for me, the word that, you know, came to mind when I started to dig a little deeper was it is actually this kind of deeper seated insecurity for myself. Um, I might be confident enough to be a business owner and I might be confident enough to not care about what people have to say about my hair or my clothes, but am I confident enough to say, do I really add value? Am I really making purpose with my life in a way that I'm proud of and that equally people can see and that I leave behind for my family, et cetera. So it seems kind of like this more altruistic, you know, perspective, but at the end of the day, it's still in this insecurity, this need to perform and achieve. Do you feel hmm. something similar or have you dug into uh, as to why you've experienced this FOMO or this need to achieve? Yeah, I think definitely it's, it's, it's ultimately about like a sense of fulfillment, right? And, and in everything we do, we want at the end of the day as humans to just feel fulfilled. And yeah. so I think for me, I've always um, found it quite natural to, you know, even if I take it back to like my last year of high school, like managed my studies with having a part-time job and also still having fun with my friends. And for me, I always needed all those areas of my life for each, for me to kind of be the best version of myself. Like I, I've never functioned well if I've just studied at uni or if I've just hung out with people and not kind of had my own personal time. So I think intuitively I've always felt that balance. And so I think when that, when I had a moment in life, like adrenal fatigue, where I needed to just prioritize myself and kind of just put everything else on pause, that was really uncomfortable for me because part of me feeling fulfilled is having all those areas of my life um, present. And, and on my podcast, like the balance theory, when we talk about balance, it's about arming people with the confidence to say, you know what, when you go through moments like that in life, you need to just have the knowledge of, okay, what are the areas of your life? What are the non-negotiables in each of them? And when the priorities change, so like when mine did, when I had adrenal fatigue, how do you pull in different areas of your life so you can focus on the one that matters? Or, I mean, I don't have children yet, but I can imagine when I have them, and if I'm blessed enough to have them, um, that area of my life will take priority over the others. And so yeah, that was sort of something that came out of that. And to kind of bring that back to your question, yes, I definitely think that's why it was such a challenging thing. Like for me, it was more, the hardest part was mindset. You know, I could do the diet. I could have more sleep. I was prepared to make all those changes, you know, pull back on my exercise and, and not do as much resistance training. All those things were easy for me. The mindset thing for me was quite difficult in terms of you've got to put more attention on yourself and not be so spread out across all the areas of your life just for now until you work this out. So you think it's like a level of identity, you know, like holding yourself to a certain standard and not being able to meet that standard. It's just sort of a 
like a demand on yourself to be a certain way. It's almost like your own expectations of yourself, your own Absolutely. of yourself. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you almost expect yourself to be superwoman and just be able to do everything. And it's almost like, even if something like this happens in your life, you still expect that you can just show up in each of the areas. And it's almost unnatural to think that I'm just going to take a back seat for a bit and work out what's going on. Well, at least for me, it was anyway, because I had this sense of identity that, well, that's how I'm fulfilled. I'm fulfilled when I'm doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. But I think when you really peel it back, like fulfillment is firstly subjective. And I think that it also changes from time to time. Mm-hmm. You know, like a mother is fulfilled in a very different way to a full-time uni student, let's just say as an example. And so it, it could also be that I was at a moment in life where what I needed to consider to be fulfilling or fulfilled as a human was shifting as well. Yeah. Um, especially off the back of COVID, a lot of a lot of my perspective on a lot of things change. It it also sprung this change for us to move overseas. And so I think not you can never look at anything in isolation, right? There's always so many things going on. Um, but but to yeah, I hope that answers your question. Like I definitely feel like uh, at times the mindset part of coming out of something like this can be very much complicated by what however we identify like our fulfillment or our purpose. Yeah, I think that's an important question to ask because, uh, you know, in our experience, we can go through the motions, but I find for myself, a lot of these issues will still have a tendency to creep up um, or have a tendency to take place. Like the FOMO is a huge thing for me. I, I had to ask myself, why does it not feel okay to sit down? You know, why does it feel um, almost threatening to a respect, uh, if I cannot perform at a certain level today or for the week or for the month or for the year, like what, what is the problem? Um, there isn't just necessarily insecurity for myself in terms of like egoic insecurity or what people think or what I think of myself, but there's also this insecurity or this fear of wasting life, wasting time, missing opportunities, you know? So, you know, use that term insecurity. And a lot of times we frame it based on like what the public thinks of us. But I think really there is this kind of foundational lack of confidence or um, lack of security in the sense of, you know, what's it going to cost me to, yeah. you know, to miss out or to not do these things. Right. Yeah. So I, regardless of what, you know, the root cause is, uh, you know, whether you identify with the word identity or insecurity or fear, I do think it's, it is so, so super important to get down to the basis of it. Like you said, the most difficult thing was a mindset. So one of the biggest ways to shift the mindset is to uh, reassess your core beliefs, right? Mm. To, to, yeah. to really ask, why am I hung up on this? And is that belief serving me or how can I alter this belief so that, that it does more, add more value to the way that I function and the way that I can live. Um, so yeah. I appreciate your thoughts and you know, this is some, like I said, some things that we have not dug into here on um, this podcast and channel, but something that I do want to dig into a little bit more because now, you know, over time, I see that cycle kind of reoccurring, not just for myself, but for other people as well. It's like, why? so if it's reoccurring, then we're not getting to the actual root of the issue. We can get to the root of the symptomatic issue, right? But if there's yes. tendencies that start to occur, then we need to get to the root of our mentality. So, um, you know, speaking of mentality, one of the things that I am really like hung on is this idea of an everyday vacation and an everyday vacation isn't necessarily, you know, like going to a hotel every day. I don't, you know, for some people it might be, but I was curious 
when you got to this, you know, idea of an everyday vacation on my channel and in my stuff, like, what did that mean to you? Like what to you was like, okay, what would it feel like to be on an everyday vacation? What was your vision of that? I think it's actually interesting that you've asked me that because it's something I've also been thinking about in my own life now. And the question being, you know, if I didn't have to work or worry about money, what would I be doing with my time? And my goal is to get to a point where every day does look like an everyday vacation and ideal in my mind. And because what I'm doing now, and I've been very fortunate enough to step out of my corporate role into two things that just started off as passions. I genuinely really love doing those two things. And so I think if I was in a position where money wasn't an issue, I didn't quote have to work. I would think I would still be working at something just because of the personality type I am. Admittedly, I would love a full-on team to help me out so that I can actually do the parts that I love, you know, and have a team to kind of outsource. Um, but when I started thinking about like an everyday vacation a little bit more, to me, that means what can you do every single day that makes you present with yourself, that fills your cup, that's just almost like just having a moment for yourself, mm. whatever that looks like, whether it's space to do something creative, whether it's, um, you know, engaging in your favorite activity or hanging out with your favorite person, you know, what's something small you can do every day? Because at the end of the day, like going on a vacation is to recharge your soul and to relax and you always feel good after it. So imagine having moments of that every day alongside things that already make you feel good. So working and, and doing this podcast and connecting with people, they're all things that already make me feel good. I don't need to have a break from those. And, and I hope for everybody, they get to a point where they can have a job they don't need to take a break from in, in a sense. Like you shouldn't have a lifestyle you need to take a break from. That's kind of the goal I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for. Like I, I want a lifestyle where every day I have space for a break. Um, and I guess your whole concept just reminded me of the importance of doing that, not, not even just for adrenal fatigue avoidance, um, but I think just to have a sustainable life anyway. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that's a very convoluted way to answer your question, but that's sort of my thoughts on an everyday vacation. I love it. I love it so much. I jive with it so much. I jive with you. And I thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. You're going to have to come back. Like, I feel like we could talk about so many more things. We've scratched the surface. <laughs> But um, can you tell our viewers what uh, where they can find you or what's the best place they can reach you at? And I'll stick those links in the show notes. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's been nice. We've been able to have a tip for tat chat the last two weeks. So we'll yeah. definitely have to double up in a couple of months. Um, sure. Best place to find me is on Instagram. So my personal handle is at Erica D. Pell. Um, I'm sure you pop links to below. And then the podcast and my business is all linked in my bio. So that's probably the one stop shop to get it all in one go. Perfect. Thanks so much, Erica. Appreciate you and your energy and just sharing your story with us. I, I've really enjoyed it very much. Thank you, MJ. Likewise. Thanks so much for having me. What I loved most about today's conversation is just a real firsthand account of what it's like to struggle and go through the process of getting through adrenal fatigue, especially as an entrepreneur and like-minded A-type personality go-getter. There's a lot of just really authentic struggle that goes through there. And to hear what that's like for somebody else, it's something that I really related to. And I'm sure a lot of you could relate to as well. So if you haven't checked it out yet, check out Erica's podcast, The Balance Theory. I have done an interview with her there myself as well, where we dive deeper into this topic. So make sure you check it out. Give her a follow. The links are in the show notes and I'll catch y'all next time. Thanks for being here.